Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Hall of Fame, John McClain. What he does and what he's done for many, many years joins us on Tuesdays at around 5.30 with Craig and Paul, and I'm David Smoke. John, what is more frustrating, watching the Astros try to hang on to the West the Texans, or your uh, alma mater, Baylor? Oh, boy. You know, the Astros, a lot of people thought they could repeat for the first team to do that since 2000. Yankees, when they won their third in a row, but they're so frustrating. Lose two and that, two or three to the A's, two or three to the Royals, the two worst teams in the baseball. Then they're leading top of the ninth last night, 7-5. Got their closer in there. Ryan Presley gives up a three-run homer, and they lose to the Orioles, the best team in the American League. But the Rangers lost. Nobody in the AL West wants to win the division. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing how bad all of them have done down the stretch. You know, that movie, How the West Was Won, I think I'm going to write one called How the West Was Lost because none of them won it. I tell you, it's interesting. The Mariners ought to win it because the Mariners play three three in Arlington, three at home against Houston, and four at home against uh, the uh, Rangers. So they've got everything they want right at their fingertips if they can pull it off. But right now, it's amazing. While the Orioles are loaded with young talent because they were rebuilt with an Astros assistant GM who took the scene approach minus the trash can banging and they're a great young team with great young players and as far as Baylor I didn't expect Baylor to win the big 12 I thought they could win seven or eight games but I tell you they, the quarterback play and shaping being out and uh, it just wasn't very good and uh, the, the game against the Longhorns it'd be one of the all-time great upsets kind of like the miracle on the Brazos in 1974, and as one of my friends said, they better get a worm for Dave Aranda and have him to eat it in the locker room before the game. And I'm thinking, how many Baylor fans out there have no idea what we're talking about? Yeah, probably yeah. a bunch. Great. Coach Tav had a lot of worm stories, by the way. Did you ever hear the one about that he did, John, about the like trying to get the kids not to drink? Uh, no, but I'll, I've got to tell you a good story about the worm story. Uh, I was in the office of the Houston Chronicle after they upset Baylor that year. And a friend of mine, Robert Miller, who's an attorney now living in Coffeeville, calls me and says, hey, we just ran into Singletary at dinner, and we were congratulating him on the win. And he said that Taft ate a worm to inspire the team. And I'm like, what? He said, I know it's crazy, but that's what Mike said. So I tell the editor at the Chronicle who's in the office that night, and he tells our SWC writer, Jerry Wizard, call Mike Singletary. Because back then, everybody had everybody's numbers. 
And so I'm listening to him call Singletary. He goes, hey, Mike, Jerry Wesley at the Chronicle. How are you? Hey, Mike, great win. Congratulations. Listen, Mike, I, I, I know this isn't true, and I hate to ask you, but, but my boss is making me. And, and we got some crazy report that to motivate you guys, Cafe, Cafe, what? He did? He puts his hand over the phone, tells the editor, Cafe to Worm to inspire the team. And so he gets off. And he writes a story. Chronicle got a big scoop. Years later, mm. I'm with Dave Campbell. And Dave's, I'm telling that story. And Campbell says, you know what? I had the whole thing. And I was going to run it on Monday. And I said, Mr. Campbell, that shows what you always said. Write it or read it. And Dave Campbell had to read it in the Chronicle. And it screwed up his big scoop about oh. Grant eating the worm to keep the bait warm to inspire Baylor to beat the Longhorns. What a nice backstory. Yeah. What was the other one? The other one, so he told, I was with him one time at a, at a luncheon, and he told this story about trying to get the, the guys not to drink. You know, he's work, Obviously, he's a Baylor, doesn't want the guys going out drinking. And so he got a guy to come in that was from the biology department, and he poured a glass of water and a glass of vodka and they put a worm in each glass. And in the glass of the water, the worm, like, swam around and got up and, you know, they took him out and he, you know, squirmed around on the desk and he was fine. And then the one they dropped in the vodka just died almost instantly. And so Coach Taft points at a guy and he said, all right, what do you think that, that means? And he said, Coach, I think that means if we drink that vodka, we ain't going to get none of them worms. <laughs> that's great oh my god that's, oh, great. that's great so anyway but uh that was good john um to the to the nfl uh the first couple weeks now uh in the books uh who do you think of the zero and two teams as legitimately in trouble and who can get out of that hole well you like to think cincinnati but two years ago cincinnati's zero and two and went to super bowl but they didn't have joe burrow limping around with a bad calf muscle and he was on the sideline sitting on a bench massaging the calf muscle with some contraption they had. And when he's doing that during a game, you know there's issues. Now, they should still be good. They're loaded with talent. But he, he's a pocket passer, but he can roll right and roll left. And it looks like he's going to have a problem with this because they can't pull him out. It needs R&R, and you don't get that till the off season. It's going to be just bad enough to affect his play. But that division right now, Baltimore's undefeated, and the rest of that division is a big disappointment as compared to the NFC South, which was supposed to be a pushover like the AFC South is, and yet you got three unbeaten teams. So there's a lot that can change. I've never seen two games. I remember when the Cowboys lost the two games when Emmitt Smith was holding out, and then they won the Super Bowl. And so I, I think you can't judge two. Oh, by the way, speaking of the Cowboys right now, Miami, San Francisco, and Dallas are the three best teams I've seen in the NFL. Can't wait to see more of them. You buying the Micah Parsons? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of comparisons being made. I know when they compare him to Lawrence Taylor, it's not exactly like he's Lawrence Taylor, but I mean, just how there's a lot of guys that come and go, John. As you know, you've covered some of them down in Houston, but where where is Micah Parsons in your estimation this early on in his career as far as where he could project uh, long term? Well, one thing, if J.J. Watt finished second to Aaron Rodgers in the MVP when he had like 22 sacks and was Defensive Player of the Year, I think for his second of his three times, 
And it's hard. You know, it's always a quarterback. You know, would you take Micah Parsons right now over Tua Tungvaluwa? They have the best offense. And Parsons, I tell you, after this season, his contract's going to be better than Nick Bosa's. Nick Bosa's was better than Aaron Donald's. So the defensive players, if they can rush the passer, are going to cash in. And that Cowboy defense, as you guys know, is great. That pass rush is fantastic. Mike, they're, they're making Mike McCarthy as the play caller look good because the offense hasn't had to come from behind to win a game. But right now, Cowboys got it going on, and Tony Pollard looks good. So um, I picked them to win the division, not to go to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia doesn't look as good as the Cowboys. It's a long time to go, but anything they do defensively start, starts with Parsons, and I can't believe that they're not doing to him what I watched the Browns do to T.J. Watt last night early on. Just take the tackle and the guard and make them block him, and then don't worry about anybody else. Yeah, the it, problem with the Cowboys, they got other people you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, got, they just have that defense with Dan Quinn and, and also obviously the ownership administration, whatever pe- personnel department to put together. The speed is just crazy. Like this may be blasphemy, but do they have as much speed on the team right now defensively as what they had in the teams that won two out of th- or three out of four Super Bowls? Let me think. I thought you were going to talk about the Doomsday defenses with Tom Landry, and I'm thinking back to who the Cowboys had with Jimmy Johnson for the two and then Barry Switzer when he won one with Jimmy's players. They had great defense. They had some big guys, too. Yeah, They had the big space eaters. And now it's and they have those, but those big guys can run. They mm-hmm. can move. And the problem with Micah Parsons, they move him around. So you're not just going to line him up over the left side on the right side where they can have the left tackle and the left guard block him. And then when they light him up wide, the guard can't get over there anyway, so it's got to be a tight end or a running back. But he's like Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White Mm -hmm. and J.J. Watt. Those game plans for offensive coordinators start with trying. You're not going to shut them out, but to neutralize them and to keep them from dominating the game and make somebody else be the one who's going to be you. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, the Nick Chubb injury makes me wonder, does Cleveland just have a jinx? Is their whole franchise jinxed? You know, they haven't started 2-0 since 1993. And they had a good chance to do it last night. They were winning. Deshaun Watson has not played well. I'm surprised. Without Nick Chubb now, everything is on his right arm. He lost his cool twice for personal fouls, grabbing face masks. Never saw him do that here one time. Pushed an official. Never saw, saw that. You know, in the back of his mind or maybe the front of his mind, he knows everybody out there is thinking about all the sexual uh, lawsuits, civil suits that he had hanging over his head about his 11-game suspension. Set out the 21 season with the Texans, but the quarterback I saw in 2020 bears no resemblance to the quarterback I've seen in the first two games and that doesn't bode well for Cle- Cleveland, but it, the Texans love it because they have the Browns' number one pick. John, uh, your thoughts on what you saw from the Texans? I know it was a loss, but uh, what would you make of the Colts as well? Uh, and and C.J. Stroud's performance put up some big numbers, but but ultimately a loss in the end. C.J. Stroud, they got problems on this team on both sides of the line of scrimmage. He is not one of them. This kid played has played so well. 
He's on a pace to be sacked 93 times, 11 so far. He's been hit 19 times. He has not thrown interception. He hasn't thrown one that was dropped. He has to take one and two-step drops and fire the ball on slant routes. His accuracy has been amazing, and he is off to a tremendous start. He had a touchdown pass taken away in this game. He was 30 of 47, 384 yards, 8.2, carried two touchdowns, and one was back, and he was better than the first one. So Anthony Richardson ran with the two touchdowns. Then he got hurt, got a concussion, and went out. So right now, if you're ranking the three after the first game, I said Richardson, Stroud, and Young. And now I say Stroud, Richardson, and Young. And I watched Bryce Young last night, and he went to a better team. Because that team traded up to get him with the Bears. But he's struggling. Most rookie quarterbacks do. They're going to be like a roller coaster, up and down. And we certainly can't judge a career based on a rookie season, much less two games. Thank you, John. As always, we appreciate you. Second, guys. John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist with us on Tuesdays in the 530 segment. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.